So the moral of the story is that there's a big fight coming, but we're ready for it. Huge fight, deep pockets. I, I hope we're ready for it because the industry is going to have to very quickly, um, you know, figure out how to how to get together and, and back the ones that are actually pursuing the litigation. That's dope. This episode is sponsored by Vald and Vori. Please stay tuned for more information on both of these amazing companies later in the episode. There's a big fight coming between regulators and the crypto industry, and I believe that the crypto industry in the United States is ready. Nobody knows better than about that than the CEO of Custodia Bank, Caitlin Long, who has been on the forefront of the fight to bring banks into the crypto space. Now, we had a conversation here that was very enlightening a lot of things I didn't know that were coming. We talk about the SEC and the CFTC, but it's the bank regulators that may be the largest threat to the crypto industry in the United States. She'll tell you why right now. This conference is out of control. Yeah. Right? Even I versus mean, last, year, yeah. last year. Last yeah. year. Out yeah. of control in the best yeah. of possible ways. Yeah. But you just said, yeah. not like Bitcoin of three years no, ago. No, it's not. Uh, no, I, that's it. I'm a huge Serena Williams fan. I think it's awesome that Serena Williams is here. I didn't know she was involved in crypto at all. You know, it's kind of, there, there are so many people who are, um, there's so many celebrities that are that are that are here for just the the wave of it, I think. Um, and I don't mean to single her out because, of course, you know Certainly. there are so many many others. Um, but uh, and there are I don't know thirty thousand people here for this. Yeah. Uh, I I remember the early Bitcoin days where where instead of actually I, I just put out a tweet about the QR codes. Uh, because there's so many QR codes around here, which, by the way, everyone be, be careful not to scan oh a malicious. Gosh, if this yeah. is a hacker's paradise, to just set oh up a God. random QR code, free crypto hey, here. On the back of your shirt. Uh -huh, and then they <laughs> hack your wallet, so everybody be careful. But uh, but but I remember in, back in, in 2013, conferences where people were giving away Bitcoin, like actually giving away Bitcoin. No one's doing that now. Yeah. It's funny, I was noticing what is the crypto that is being given away? It's stable coins, it's random tokens, right? It's not Bitcoin anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, back then, um, when they were teaching you how to set up your own wallet and yeah. Um, I think what's cool though is this is a Bitcoin only conference, right? Yes. So in 2022, I would expect maybe if you had a huge NFT conference or something right. like that, you would see a lot of celebrities because they all have this sort of NFT NFTs, presence. So yeah. seeing them here, yeah. I know. It's pretty cool. I know. It, it, it's interesting because it's a Bitcoin-only conference. At the same time, a lot of people are talking about things other of than course, Bitcoin. Just not yeah. on stage. Not on stage. That's right. correct. Not yeah. out. So listen, last yeah. time we talked, uh, you were Avanti, yeah. right? Now you're CEO of Custodia yeah. Bank, we, obviously. We Can you just catch us up on what's been happening the last few months with, obviously, launching the business? Yeah. Regula we'll get into regulation after. Let's just yeah. talk about the business. Well, first. we're getting ready to launch uh, in Q2. So we are in Q2. It's coming up in, yeah. uh, pretty quickly. And we'll, we'll, we're walking before we run. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're the proverbial tortoise uh, versus the hare. We're the slow ones that, that are building the infrastructure for the next four-year cycle in Bitcoin, the next bull market. And, uh, and, and it's literally because the U.S. dollar piece is so critical. And there is a lot of... I think there's a big fight coming between the Bitcoin industry specifically and the regulators over the U.S. dollar access. It's starting behind the scenes. We've been in direct conversations with Fed governors who said it's coming. And so I believe them. I take them at their word. There's a crackdown coming. 
And by the way, if you've been around Bitcoin for a while, as you have been, every four-year cycle, there's a banking crackdown at the end of it. Yeah, So this should true. not shock anybody. That's true. So can you talk more about what that's, I know you can't uh, predict what it's going to look like in your endeavor, but what do you, when you say that there's this battle coming, are we talking about the way stable coins are structured or specifically the way that, that uh, exchanges and such are able to allow customers to... To move U.S. dollars in and out. Yeah, it, it's all of the above. Uh, and and uh, what you're also seeing is that some of the banks are getting involved in lending against Bitcoin, mm. secured Bitcoin lending, and uh, offering trading accounts. You're, you're now seeing community banks offering trading accounts. And I look at that as a hardcore Bitcoiner and say, oh, no. It, they're not even offering that with securities and commodities, and now they're offering it with Bitcoin. That's just a, that's an invitation to the regulators to come in and to the bank regulators to come in and say, but no, we're not you can't even do talking that. about Gensler here. Yeah, we're not talking about Gensler. We're talking about bank regulators. We're talking about FDIC, OCC, Fed. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I, do you think that they're offering these services with a total YOLO mentality and we'll see what yes. happens? Or, yes. do they, or do they think they're compliant? Uh, well, it, it, it depends um, because if you listen to the bank regulators' speeches, and I take them at their word because they have the power to do a lot of things yeah. without needing specific congressional authorization, they, they've been warning about this since November that this whole bank as a service for fintechs, rent a charter for fintechs. So not just crypto. Not just crypto, it, but you, that's a great point. It, it, it's definitely aimed at crypto, but it is, it is broader than crypto. There is a huge fight amongst the bank regulatory community that wants to bring all of fintech into the bank regulatory realm, make the, make the fintechs go get bank charters, instead of doing what, what everybody does now, which is funnel through one or two banks, which is really how the crypto industry functions. If we right. lose one or two of those banks, we lose our U.S. dollar access as an industry. And that's the problem that, that I've been working to solve. And you don't see it happening right now, but here's the other thing. There's, it won't be on a billboard somewhere, just like it was in the previous quiet. situations. It's, it's, it's quiet. Under the Bank Secrecy Act, the regulators will not tell the banks why they're cracking down. And, uh, and then the bank, when they close your account, can't tell you why they're closing your account. So you have to just surmise it. You have to put puzzle pieces together as opposed to actually hearing, hey, we're closing your account because you sent money to a crypto exchange. And this wouldn't be the first country that we've seen that happen. And obviously, people had, have had bank accounts closed all the time. Yeah. But now you're talking, I think we've seen it with institutions or companies that have had to like find a way to get applied. Now you're talking about my bank account yeah. or just your average person who's been banking oh, yeah. with uh, someone, someone with a Morgan in the end or beginning of their <laughs> name or something and all, all of a sudden loses, loses their ability loses their, to bank. It loses their, exactly. And it, it's not just the businesses, it's individuals. I, pretty much everybody in crypto that I know has been through that at some point does during that mean our that, time. Does that mean that we yeah. all become unbanked too? <laughs> You know, this is crazy. Uh, this, this is why I think there's a real fight. This is why we've got to support senators like Senator Lummis, who uh, I, I had missed her American Banker op-ed and tweeted about it this morning. She, she said the, the Federal Reserve is not adhering to the law or something of some sort. And I saw a couple of crypto people picked it up and, uh, and embellished it a little bit. We but love to embellish. You, uh, but absolutely. But she's, she's absolutely right. That's exactly what our experience is, that, that they're just ignoring the statutes that... that apply to them. And so if the statute's controlled, then all of us would have our banking access. But I mean, we've seen her. Seem to think they do. We've seen her to me. Obviously, yeah. we, we now have a cohort. Yep, we do. Right, uh, of senators yeah. and Congress people. And it's yeah. ever growing. It is. 
but is it big enough? No, If of this fight not. comes now, are we even close? No, no, we're not. We're not. And I think the Biden administration, just like the Trump administration before it, had people who were adamantly anti-crypto and sure. adamantly pro-crypto. Sure. And so it doesn't really cut across political lines. I mean, we're definitely seeing some, some it's, it seems more Republican, but there are, there, there are definitely I more progressives and, and, and liberals that, yeah, I would love to. So there's a woman that I met, um, Morgan Harper, running for Senate in Ohio as a progressive. And she's, she would love to debate Elizabeth Warren about the progressive view on crypto and why Elizabeth Warren should be pro-crypto. And it would be awesome. I think you ought to host that debate. I think I, you ought I, to get it. Oh, my it, gosh. Try I would love going. to host that debate. Yeah. I don't think Elizabeth's letting me anywhere near her if she does a little back, uh, <laughs> back, backtracking on my history of talking about her. And, you know, I, th I actually um, find her to be a intelligent Yes, of course she is. Uh, accomplished human being professor. who's just yeah. missing badly Absolutely. on this. Yep. But it makes me wonder if she's, it's, if it's intentional. Does she think this is what her voters want to hear because it's not? Is it because that's just, she doesn't get it and she's old guard and it's yeah. a threat? Or does she really believe like everything that she's saying? Yeah. You, you can't, I, I don't know how you can look at an asset class that helps the individual and be liberal Right. And believe that that's a bad thing yeah. to help raise people out of poverty, uh, give people who don't have banking access, right. access and such. I just don't get it. Yeah. She, I think, is a believer in government as a regulatory authority and that everyone should be surveilled, as in for tax collection reasons, as opposed to um, that, that any of us have a financial privacy interest in our financial transactions. But uh, but she is definitely um, it was an interesting NBC meet the press uh, coverage of of what is happening in Wyoming. And they interviewed both Senator Lummis and Senator Warren, not together, unfortunately, because oh my it would gosh, be I awesome would if they I would, that would be a great pay-per-view event, actually, <laughs> right. to do it here. And, but, but I did hear Senator Warren say something that I agree with. She said it's a it's all a confidence game. It is. And actually, that NBC Meet the Press story did a great job of laying out subjective value theory without actually calling it that. What gives money value? They actually dug into the entire question. What's the intrinsic value of a piece of paper with a picture of a dead president in green ink on it? It's Word of your government and their military, someone could argue. And, and right. they went into that, right? But, but what, it, what does it mean to say full faith and credit of the U.S. government? And the answer is, it's all a confidence game. And so it's kind of funny how both senators ended up coming to the same conclusion, which is money is a social construct. It's ephemeral. It's all subjective. It's also subjective value theory. We just, no one uses that fancy phrase because the Austrians are the ones who use that fancy phrase, but that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a confidence game. And so I, I actually do agree with Senator Warren on that. She came around to that conclusion. Funny that they don't understand that you can make the same argument for government. Well, right, and of course, <laughs> it's a social yeah. construct in a confidence game, right. right? And her big credit critique of Bitcoin is that it's backed by air, and we hear that all the time. Yeah. And the answer is, it, everything's backed by. It, by she would tell you that it's backed by heavily polluted air with jets flying <laughs> well, through and dropping. Actually, yeah. it's interesting that the NBC piece did not pick up on the on the she's, environmental she's issues. She's dropped it. Yeah, that, we've well, moved on to we've moved on to greener FUD fields. Well, and and the and the next FUD, of course, that she talked sanctions. a lot about was sanctions. Bingo, exactly. Yeah, but and you, we're not you run a bank. Yeah, is that can an American circumvent sanctions and operate? It's not almost like people don't size. understand what sanctions are. Right. 
right? You're cutting them off from the United States economy. You're effectively saying Americans don't do business with right. them, and no Americans going to all of a sudden start sending Bitcoin to Russians. <laughs> Absolutely. First of all, it's not in in size. So under Secretary Nellie Liang, actually. Or Deputy Secretary, I think, uh, is her title, actually said that the U.S. is surveilling all of this and seeing that the money that's it's going not is not in size. We all know it. This is a relatively small market despite this huge conference. It's still a relatively small market by financial service, services terms. Great talking and point, though. Yeah, it her. is. Well, but it, because it's it's a canard, right? Everyone, it's it's just the latest on the on the on the fud dice, right. uh, and 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 so of course that's where that's where Senator Warren was going. But I really I wish she would, she actually was my law school roommate's favorite professor at Harvard I, Law School. I'm quite sure and she's I would brilliant. Love to sit down with her and just say, all right, leave. Let's do this off the record. Just just this isn't for the press. Uh, it, it doesn't go outside this room. Let we me answer your questions. Let me answer your questions. Please just hear us out. But we are yeah. seeing politicians let us answer their questions, yes. I think, for the first time. Yes. Actually, it was, you know, the famously when Sam Bankman-Fried showed up with the poorly tied shoelaces in front of Congress. But that, to me, and it was after the infrastructure bill, of right, course, right. when I think politicians realized this was a real issue. Every one of them has but they were asking their But they were actually asking questions yes, now. Yes, they were. Before they were um, speaking down yes. and attacking yeah. with their... Yeah their catchphrases, right? It was like everyone was trying to get their soundbite. Yeah. I do really think that the tide has turned for them caring. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because their constituents care, but don't you get the feeling Definitely. that it yeah. has to be on a politician's radar now? Yeah. Well, it is, and we're, we're at a, a, a historic time, of course, given the U.S. having blocked a G8 country's reserves. It, 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 there was just a great article in the, financial in the Financial Times about that just this morning, about how revolutionary that is. It, this is a financial war that's being fought, and the U.S. essentially just just said, yeah, and, and not just the U.S., sure. most of the Everybody. Western world, we're, we're literally but blocking we got the legitimate assets, of their money sitting whether in they're the illegitimate or not. Right, and there are people who, I'm, I presume, are unfortunately just because they happen to be Russian uh, that that may or may not be connected uh, to what's going on, and yet their property massive. rights are being um, stolen without due process. So it's not just the entire country; it's the it's individuals who may or may not be involved, and it's just this mass hysteria. I think we're going to look back on this and and say it was the modern version of putting all the Japanese in internment camps. Yeah, this is going to be the uh, turning point for how these conflicts are probably approached in yes. the future. It's going to become yes. financial warfare. With legitimate anger on the human rights abuses and the war. If you're no just a Russian that. person who doesn't support this war and Absolutely. you now don't have access to a credit card, bank account, yep. your stocks are zero, you can't trade yeah. them, why is that? <laughs> Guys, I have a serious question for you. How much interest are you earning in your bank account? Is it 0.00001% or something similar? We all know by now that there's a better way in crypto, but you wanna be using the best platform possible and that is Vald. I have been using it myself now for quite a while, earning the highest interest rates in the industry. 12.68% on stablecoin, 6.7% on ETH and Bitcoin and earning yield on a ton of other assets. But it's so much more than that, guys. They have a robust exchange. You can swap your coins and they have the amazing automatic investment plan where you can dollar cost average or more importantly, buy the dip automatically. We know that when the dip actually comes, nobody buys it because they're scared. Well, you can automate that process now with 
Vault. Guys, this platform is absolutely incredible. It does everything. They're backed by Pantera and Coinbase Ventures. You really can't ask for anything more. And if you use the link right down below, you get a 40% kickback on trading fees, 5% commission on interest payouts, and 5% commission on loan interest. Guys, sign up right now at the wolfofallstreets.info slash vault. That's V-A-U-L-D. Do it now, seriously. I'm currently wearing the most comfortable clothing on the planet. Are you? Unless you're wearing Vori, then your answer is obviously no. Guys, if you've listened to my live streams, then you've probably heard me rant and rave about this incredible company. We love them so much that we reached out and did a sponsorship deal after I've already been talking about them for months. Yes, it's athletic wear, but you can wear it almost anywhere, and it's the majority of my wardrobe. Seriously, I wear these clothes all the time. If they would make a tuxedo, I would have worn it to my wedding. And you can feel great about wearing these clothes as well because they're offsetting 100% of both their carbon and plastic footprint. Guys, wearing Vori is an investment in your happiness and your comfort. I am serious. These clothing are incredible. Get 20% off of your first purchase at Vori.com slash Melker. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash M-E-L-K-E-R. If you're not wearing these clothes yet, you need to go get them right now. Fair. You know, it's interesting. I went in 2016 on the Trans-Siberian Express. So I actually, I've traveled deep into Siberia and and all across Russia. It was Moscow to Vladivostok, two and a half weeks. And it was a tour, so we really didn't get a chance to talk to the average people. Everyone that we talked to was arranged. But um, it was definitely an interesting experience. I could not use credit cards or ATM cards anywhere in the country, not even in Moscow. And this wow. was in 2016, so two years after, after Crimea. And at that time, I actually wrote a travel blog about just, I understood that Russia was going in a very different direction. And if you understand the history of Russia versus the West, that is not uncommon. They no. typically are in very different cycles. Things were booming during the Great Depression. During our Great Depression, things were booming in Russia, and a lot of Americans ended up trapped behind the Iron Curtain because there were jobs in Moscow. And for for college graduates in the early 1930s, they couldn't get a job at home, so they went to Moscow, right? Um, Those kinds of things, it's just an interesting counter-cyclical. And at the time, I I had been reading up about the central bank in Russia stocking up gold. And instead of defending, instead of doing what the IMF had recommended to defend their currency when the currency got weak, they actually doubled down and bought more gold. So you kind of knew they were on a, on a different cycle, on a different path, even back then. And they, it, it was essentially impossible for a Westerner to use a credit card in Moscow, even back then. And so now the sanctions are even worse. But yeah. the punchline is, I'm not sure that it moved the ball that much for the average folks inside the country because they were so disconnected from yeah. it anyway. It's so crazy. It's like Putin didn't get the not your keys, not your coins message with uh, his his reserves that are in another country. Yeah. Something I love that you just said, totally. though, you talked about how they doubled down on gold in yep. the face of the IMF. Yes. Isn't El Salvador dub- doubling down on digital gold in it the is. face of the IMF? And this is another interesting article I just read, too. Um, a Citigroup, I think, just put out an equity research report. Someone sent it to me. And they, they have a bond payment due in, in the first quarter of 2023. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the IMF. Are, is, are, is it headed towards a default on the old debt? 
They haven't been able to issue the Bitcoin bond yet, which was... And they can't get new debt from the IMF. Well, they definitely can't. <laughs> it's going to have to be a restructuring, right? So which path are, are they headed? Uh, and I've been definitely supportive but cautiously uh, in, in, of, of El Salvador's experiment because I'm not a believer that you should force people to use Bitcoin. I think it should always be voluntary and they're trying to force people to use it. But I'm definitely sympathetic with the approach of let's, let's double down on something that's not the, yeah. the mainstream financial I, system. We were right down the road when they made the El Salvador announcement of this very yes, convention we were. last year, right? And as exciting as it was, my first instinct was, man, I hope they don't blow it. Yes. That was the first thing yeah. I thought. Like, as excited yeah. as I was that it was going to happen, I was like, nobody does this again yep. if it doesn't work. Yep. Our future is yeah. somewhat in their hands. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that's still the case? Do you think that the eyes of other countries that would be considering this are still watching? Oh, of course. A, a lot are. The, the, the big challenge, though, is that I think this can all be voluntary. There's, there's something less than just going the full Monty and saying Bitcoin has to be legal tender and everyone's forced to use it. Instead, just put it in the central bank make reserves. Make it an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah Make exactly. it legal and yeah. put it in the central bank reserves and all of a sudden people just voluntarily go there because it's a reserve asset. And I, I'm pretty sure that there are countries that are already doing that. They just haven't announced it yet. Just like I knew that, that there was a Fortune 10 company using Bitcoin quietly since 2014. And they've still not announced that, they've, that they use it. Um, a lot of people are using it and just keeping it quiet. I, I, I'm sure. And so El Salvador is interesting because obviously their currency is the dollar. Yes. Right. So they, they can do this in a way that a country maybe that doesn't use the dollar as their right. currency can't because we could destroy that currency, we being yeah. the United States. But they're looking for Bitcoin as, a, as an answer. If you're an average person in most places of the world, as we're seeing in Ukraine, certainly, and mm -hmm. Russia right now, you probably actually are a lot more interested in getting your hands on stable coins than you are on Bitcoin, right? Well, because you want dollars and you can't get them. Yes, and we've seen that in, in some of the reporting that's been done out of Venezuela, that Bitcoin was the intermediary currency to be able to get stable coins as right. opposed to the other way around, which is how Surprising. we think of stable coins, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's so much happening around stable coins literally right now. Sen Senator Lummis, of course, mm -hmm. uh, has proposed legislation. Do you think, and you talk about it all the time, you're yeah. like my go-to person for when I want to understand what is going on with stable coins. I just yeah. checked your Twitter. <laughs> But do you think that uh, they're going to be regulatorily approved as long as they're fully backed? Do you think there's going to be any wiggle room there? Do you think we're going to see them backed 60% by dollars and 20% paper? And I don't know how, how this is going to play out because there's a big fight, like I said. And, and there are camps within the Biden administration that either want to just literally shut the whole thing down and, and block all U.S. dollar banking access to the entire crypto industry. And there, when I say that, that sounds crazy, but those are loud voices. And, and I'm definitely hearing them in my conversations with the regulators, even if those in the industry say, oh, pshaw, that'll never happen. I'm not so sure that they won't try to, to literally close off the US dollar on off ramps. And that's, of course, how they get, how they get stable coins, because the stable coins have to be invested in some assets, unless they're algorithmic, some assets that are, that are US dollar backed. And so if you can't get, get access to the on-off ramps, then all of a sudden um, that, that's, how they, that's how they could get stable coins. I don't, I'm not saying I think that's no, gonna happen. No, of course. You have to be aware that it's a, it's a well, possibility it does, or that it's even a conversation. But the, 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 the conversations behind the scenes in this industry are that people are itching for a fight. They're itching for a fight against the SEC. If the banks do pull this, then there's a big fight coming with the banks. We are deep pocketed and we are a much bigger industry than, than 
most folks realize in the powers that be. And if they pick those fights, bring it on. We will fight those fights as an industry, and and I think the industry will pile on just like we did. The infrastructure in, bill—they didn't see that the coming. They, they thought they were going to slide that, that one little sentence right. in there. That yep. and it froze for yep. five days. Yep. It's funny you talk about how deep pocketed the industry is. You have these Forbes lists yeah. of billionaires, yeah. and I personally like know 20, 20 or something year olds yes. who are billionaires and have never made a list yes. because they've just been quietly and they mostly don't want to. <laughs> right, but but you talk yeah. about the deep pockets. I yeah. don't think that. The right. powers that be are even aware of how much to money a lawsuit, there is. To a litigation fund to take on some of these issues is going to be nothing for these for these deep pocketed crypto folks. And I think even also the the industry on a retail basis. If someone sure. were to issue a token, for example, to you know fund lawsuits against regulators who've had bad faith, then I think the industry would just swarm that. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Reversing yeah. it and then yeah. litigating yeah. against the regulators. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Not a fight that I want to see picked though. Well, let's hope and, and this gets back to how's this going to play out. Is Congress ultimately going to do something? I think the answer is yes, but it's interesting that um, and by the way, I don't think it's going to happen during this administration. Uh, administration. So at least during this Congress. So if the if there's a, <laughs> a changeover in, in, in Congress, then there there may be something that 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 ultimately comes out um, under a Republican controlled Congress where the Biden administration comes to the table. But right now, the Biden administration is doing nothing they don't on have it. To. And and they're just, you know, yeah, right. The, 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 they're leaving the SEC to regulate by enforcement. The bank regulators to try to regulate by shutting out, shutting off individual companies and retail individuals' access to bank accounts quietly, one by one by one. So you never really know that it's happening. That's what's happening right now. Period. Full right. stop. They are doing that. Um, but but beyond that, you know, we'll see. I, I, I think it's there is something that is probably going to come out. I would guess in a year or two from Congress, and that will answer so the stablecoin question. A yeah. year or two, right? Oh, we, I, we, think it but is I know we look at it now, yeah. and the crypto community thinks everything's going to happen this week or this month. Absolutely, right? Yeah, a year or two yeah. gives us some time, actually. Yeah. And you said, I mean, you're launching in Q2. Yeah. You're aware of these risks, oh, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. This worst-case scenario, what would it yeah. mean for you? Uh, well, the industry will hopefully um, win. Ride to our. Uh, help if we need it. Right now we don't. But uh, but yeah, look, we're on the forefront of of that fight. Those those who are attorneys um, know that we have standing to be one of the litigants. One of the things that's really important about taking on regulators, and I've talked about this with uh, kind of lamenting that Coinbase didn't take on the IRS they over the shot. over yeah. because they had their shot. Right? You have to actually have one one plaintiff that is actually being harmed, they have to have what's called standing. They have to have a true case or controversy to be able to get into court. And so what you need is the 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 companies that are in the that are that are getting the the blowback, right? They're the ones with the standing to sue. You can't sue on behalf of the industry. It has to be one or two of the of the companies. And I saw um, Grayscale came out and announced that if they don't get the ETF approved, the conversion to the ETF, that 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 
essentially, Michael said, essentially, we're I suing think, in July, right? I think so, they're the ones who are willing to take that fight. And that's the point. You've got to have those that, those with actual harm, with an actual case or controversy, they can get into, into court, and then that's where I would hope that the industry will just gang tackle and, yeah. and go in behind those who, who do end up taking it on. And they can also make the argument that they're literally themselves offering a subpar product versus what they would be able to offer they, for they the average that. person. Right. Like, we yeah. don't, GBTC yeah. isn't great. Yeah. We, yeah. It's ours. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. If we had a spot ETF, this would be so much better for every single person buying this yes. asset. They say that and they mean it. And they're, and then, you know, they're right. I'm not a huge fan of ETFs, as you know, because sure. I don't like the, the mechanics that allow the issuer to go naked short. I'd rather have a proof of reserves type structure than, than, uh, than, than ETF. So I'm, I've always said the ETF is a double-edged sword, but when the SEC is just arbitrarily blocking it like that, um, and then you know the SEC just last, last week came out and announced unbelievably onerous rules on crypto custody that apply to crypto custody, but not to custody of securities and commodities. Did you see this? I don't, I think a lot of people in the industry didn't see it. Everything's going under the radar right now because there's too much happening. Well, right, but this is, it's the, it's the insidious stuff. So I was just having the, this very conversation with someone this morning that, oh, if they come at us, the industry will do what, the, what we did in the infrastructure bill again. That was, that was a full frontal attack. They're not doing the full frontal attacks. They're, they're going, they're quiet. flanking us, right? And, yeah. it's, and it's quiet. And so how do you get the, the industry riled up in the face of those kinds of more subtle attacks. But what, but what I'm referring to with the SEC announcement is that the SEC is now requiring crypto custodians to account for the liabilities, the custody liabilities on their balance sheet. What does that mean? Why is that a big deal? Because if it comes on balance sheet, then the financial institution's regulatory capital requirements apply. All the, all the custody assets are, are, it's a custody as a service, it's off balance sheet. You think that you are not transferring the legal title to your asset, to your custodian, technically you are for securities, but the way it works is, you know, the State Streets of the world, I looked it up, State Street has $43 trillion of assets under custody and $300 billion of assets on their balance sheet. So if the SEC said, We're, you've got to put all $43 trillion on your balance sheet, so you go from $300 billion to $43 trillion, the capital requirement that State Street would have to raise, they'd have to probably raise two or three trillion dollars, right? And this is what the SEC just did to crypto. This is a huge deal. And, and um, yeah, again, somebody I think will end up taking that on probably in litigation. So the moral of the story is that there's a big fight coming, but we're ready for it. Huge fight, deep pockets. I, I hope we're ready for it because the industry is going to have to very quickly, um, you know, figure out how to how to get together and, and back the ones that are actually pursuing the litigation. Well, it's so much better to get perspectives for someone who's actually having these conversations and not the media and the pundits and everyone who's telling us what's actually happening. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. And where can everybody follow you and what you're doing uh, after this conversation? On Twitter, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Long underscore and at custodiabank.com. We are opening in Q2 for our first. Again, like I said, we're going to walk slow, um, it, but we will take our, our, our first customers, knock on wood, in a, in a couple months. And then after we work out the kinks, then we'll open it up for a, a more broader 
um, group of, uh, once we get past the, that initial group that help us work out all the, all the bugs. But in the world of banking, you're either open or you're not. There's no concept right. of an alpha or beta launch. So we're, we'll <laughs> we're take our first deposit and I'm going to be, my company's going to be the first one that will, so that, that will be the guinea pig and, and make sure that it all works before we open it up for the company. I'm for pretty the confident to say that you're going to have a long line at the door. And, you do have a long and, line. And everybody's pulling for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, we're trying to, I look at us as a utility for the industry. We're trying to solve a problem, which is the lack of, of U.S. dollar banking services. We really only have two banks servicing the right. industry right now. And if they get the pressure from the regulators, um, we, need, we need others like us who are going to step up and support them, but also take it on. We're cheering for you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Good to see you again. You too. Thank and you. in person. In person, <laughs> finally. In, exactly.